The book of Proverbs was given to teach us wisdom, to help us to, to learn, uh, to discern, and to give us understanding of God's way. Um, because he's God, and uh, since he's omniscient, he knows exactly what he's talking about uh, when he shares this wisdom with us. Remember, wisdom is seeing life from God's perspective. So when we, when we have decisions to make in life, let's view those decisions through the lenses of Scripture. Uh, when there are different uh, circumstances going on in our life uh, or in the world around us, let's look at it through the wisdom of God's Word and see what God's Word would say about that. And, and as we do that, it'll help us to grow in confidence in, God, in the Bible uh, as true. Our Lord also lovingly and graciously gave us some warnings. He, he shows us some things that, uh, he shows us what happens when we go contrary to his teachings, when we violate these principles. One of the things that he says is the way of the transgressor is hard. And I, I, uh, when you transgress, when you, uh, when you break the law, uh, then you're going to face the consequences for that. You know, I, I have never, I've never gone to jail. I've never, um, I've never been locked up. And the reason is because I've, I've never, I've never, uh, broken the law. Well, I take that back. I did, I did speed a, a, a few times, but I did pay the price for that. I, I, I got a ticket and then I got another one and that broke me of that bad habit. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, I, I've made it a practice to obey the law because I've realized that God is the one that set government uh, that he, he ordained government. I'm not saying that God has established the, the government of the United States and everything it does is, is divine. No, 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 no. Um, as long as man is involved with anything, it'll get messed up. And there are some, there's certainly some, some areas of concern with our government, whether it's federal, state, or local. Um, and, and so we need to be praying for those in authority, but it's, it is the will of God for us to, uh, to obey the law of the land as long as those laws don't violate the word of God. Um, the way of the transgressor is hard, just like you would, you would suffer the consequences by, uh, by committing crimes and breaking the law. You'll suffer the consequences when you break the, uh, when you break the law of God, when you violate the, the principles that he teaches us in his word. Here, um, here in the book of Proverbs, as we're continuing our study, we're in chapter six. Uh, we see a father that is, that is giving some advice to his, to his son. Um, Solomon is warning his son to grow up to be, uh, to be a man of, of godly character and integrity. He's wanting him to be, uh, to become an adult that is, that is responsible. And, uh, and he knows that, he knows that one day, uh, since Solomon, who was writing this, was king uh, over Israel, he knows that one day his son is going to take his place. And his son needs wisdom to be able to rule. And he needs wisdom to be able to, uh, present 
preside over the nation of Israel. And so he's teaching him some things that'll help him with those responsibilities. And uh, last week we talked about the importance of staying focused and, and avoiding distractions, no matter how alluring they are. Uh, and he teaches us about relationships and responsibility and integrity. And he warns about, uh, warns us to avoid wicked people. Um, so uh, he covers many different, uh, many different areas of life and aspects of life, and and uh, let, let's just let's just kind of go through here today. I don't I don't necessarily have a, have an outline per se, um, but uh, the the word of God doesn't need my outline. I'd rather I'd rather teach the truth of the word of God than focus on on my points and my outline and so let's let's just let's just get right here into the into the scriptures as we look at responsibility and integrity um let's let's understand this responsibility is accountability for things within our power our control or our management the things that we have been uh, have been entrusted with we are to be responsible for them um whether it's a, whether it's a, a, a position of authority on a job, uh, some people that we're responsible for, uh, for leading and, and all, or whether it's a task that we're responsible to do. Um, students are responsible to do your schoolwork. Um, uh, children are responsible to do the chores that your parents assign to you. Um, adults, we're responsible, uh, to work our jobs and, and to, and to, um, to pay our bills. We're responsible to, to clean the house and to maintain, uh, good relationships with, with those around us. Uh, we're responsible. Uh, integrity is adherence to moral uh, and ethical principles. It's soundness in moral character. It's honesty. It's one thing to, to maintain uh, a life of responsibility, but it's, it's an entirely different thing to be responsible and have a life of character. To do to fulfill our responsibilities with integrity, and that's what Solomon is encouraging his son with here. He speaks of financial matters. He says, "My son, if thou be surety for thy friend, if thou hast stricken thy hand with a stranger, thou art snared with the words of thy mouth. Thou art taken with the words of thy mouth. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself when thou art come into the hand of thy friend." Go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Give not sleep to thine eyes, nor slumber to thine eyelids. Deliver thyself as a roe from the hand of the hunter and as a bird from the hand of the fowler. What he's saying here is be careful about the business deals that you enter into. Don't, don't be a co-signer for someone else's loan. Um, you're going to set yourself up with risk, with no benefit. And, and so he, he teaches us much. And, and there's a lot that the Bible says about finances. Um, often, often, uh, there, uh, the, the preachers are, and, and I should probably put that in quotes, the preachers who get on, on uh, television and, and they, uh, they get in a pulpit and they, and they, uh, preach and preach and preach about money. Uh, many times money is their focus. 
And so they'll, they'll, they'll bleed the people uh, dry and, and just get every dime out of them that they possibly can. Um, and, and those guys, those guys are not trustworthy. They are not preaching and teaching the word of God biblically. They'll tell you that if you, that the more you give, uh, the more you give to their ministry and, and all that, that, uh, that the more, uh, the more you will be, um, the more God promises that he's going to, uh, to make you wealthy. And that's not what God says. Um, what God does promise is that if we're obedient to his word, that he is going to meet our needs, that he's going to take care of us. Philippians, uh, in the book of Philippians, Paul is writing to the church there and encouraging them as they have already been generous to him. And, and he's, he's writing the book of Philippians, thanking them for their generosity. And he, and he tells them this. He says, my God shall supply all your need. As they're being obedient to the scriptures and they're giving to the work of the ministry, God is going to be faithful to take care of their needs. He might not give them all of their wants, uh, but he will make sure they have what they need. It's just like Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. What were all the things that he was referring to? Food and clothes. In fact, the Bible says, having food and raiment, be content. You know, God doesn't promise a roof over your head. God doesn't promise a cell phone. God doesn't promise a, a car. And he certainly doesn't promise a fancy car. Uh, but what he does promise is he's going to take care of your needs. He's going to make sure that you have the things that you need. But what I've found is while he's promised to take care of the needs, usually he goes over and above and, and does far more than I could ever expect. And I'm so thankful for that. I want to learn the principles that God teaches us in his word. I've, I've, I've made some foolish decisions. The Bible, the Bible tells us to trust in the Lord and lean not into our own understanding. There were times when, when God was doing a work in our lives that, that we didn't really understand. And rather than taking the time to trust Him and to believe that He was going to provide what we needed, we began to, to spend money that we didn't have. We began to, to just pile up the credit card debt. We began to, um, to uh, take out loans that... that we, we didn't need to take out. What we needed to do was trust God. We needed to believe his word and to rely on him. Now, I'm thankful that since that time, we, we've, uh, we've repented of our lack of trust. And we've endeavored to follow the principles of wise financial dealings as God teaches us. And, and we've, we've not been uh, taking out loans for things that we didn't need. And, and really, we've not, really, we've not been taking out loans for things. And, and, and I'm thankful that, that we haven't had to do that. We haven't, um, that we haven't done that. Not, um, I'm thankful that, that, that we learned that lesson. 
Many times people people think that they need certain things, but um, and but when it comes down to it, it's not really a need; it's a want. And we'll spend money, we'll, we'll borrow money to spend on things that we don't need because we're trying to impress people that could really care less. And. Uh, and I want to I want to encourage us to to be careful. Let's trust the Lord to meet our needs. Let's let's not enter into unwise business decisions. Let's let's not um, be one that is a, a surety for a debt, uh, even a friend's debt. Um, many times we feel guilty. Uh, because it, well, it's our friend, and and we need to support them in what they're doing, but then we'll take on risk, and we have no no possibility of reward. And then if they default on the loan, guess what? They're guilt. They're feeling guilty. They're feeling feeling badly uh, that that they've lost our money or that they've made us responsible for it. And it puts a strain in that relationship that shouldn't be there. So the Bible tells us, hey, if you've snared yourself like this, you do whatever, whatever you need to do to get out from under that obligation. Now, you don't, you don't default on them. You don't leave them in a lurch because you gave your word that you would. But you go and do what you can to make sure that they... That they uh, have what they need to absolve you of that of that uh, responsibility. He goes on, and not only does he talk about responsibility in, in our finances, but he talks about living a life of responsibility. He says, "Go to the ant, thou sluggard; consider her ways and be wise." You know, you don't need to enter into uh, these get-rich-quick schemes uh, because. Because usually they take an investment that you never see anything from that. But rather, work hard, be diligent in labor. And, and lay up money to the side. Let's save some money so that, so that if you should fall on some difficult times, maybe there's a, um, maybe there's a time when, well, <laughs> Let's just, let's just imagine something that, that, like maybe the government said, everybody stay home and some businesses need to, need to be closed and you can't work your job. I mean, you know, when could that ever happen, right? Um, no, seriously, the, this time that we're experiencing right now, a lot of people are out of work. And, and some of those people, I'm not saying all of them, but some of those people probably have had some time in the past when they could have set some money to the side and saved up. But because they didn't, they're probably experiencing some tightness in their, in their budget right now. And they're experiencing some difficult um, times and some pressure. God, God says, look, if you'll just be wise, if you'll work hard and save up like the ants do, um, ants work hard and they store up for the season of life when they can't be going out and gathering. And 
the Bible says, consider her ways and be wise. Ants have no guide, overseer, or ruler. They don't have a supervisor there telling them, hey, you need to do this and you need to do that. No, they just naturally work hard and they fulfill their responsibilities. Don't be a lazy person. The Bible says that what laziness is going to do, he says, um, he's, he says uh, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands of sleep. So shall thy poverty come as one that traveleth and thou want as an armed man. Now, I was, I was thinking about this um, a while back, uh, and, and I thought, you know, this uh, one that traveleth, does that mean that, that you know, traveling around is going to make you poor? And, you know, really, it can, uh, it, it, because it, it costs money. But, but what this is mainly talking about is, is like, uh, it's like um, uh, they, they used to call them hobos, you know, um, people that just travel, they just travel from one place to another and, and uh, not working a job, but they're just always on the go. And um, their poverty comes upon them. And they find themselves needing to, needing to beg, needing to depend on others to, to meet their needs. Um, he says, and I want as an armed man. He, he's, saying, he's saying, you're going to find yourself needy and, and stripped of all of your resources, just like somebody has come and, and robbed you. And those are consequences of not being diligent in our labor. You know, the Bible says, the Bible says, if a man will not work, neither should he eat. We need to be, we need to teach our children by our example the importance of an honest day's work, laboring and, and putting in the time to, uh, to earn the money, uh, to pay the bills and to buy the food. And these are, these are principles that God teaches us. And, and, and here's, here's the truth. Work is not, is not part of the, the curse of sin. Before sin came into this world, before Adam and Eve sinned, God had already given them the responsibility to work and to till the ground and, and to labor there in the Garden of Eden. So, uh, so sometimes people, people act like that work is, is a, a part of the curse, but it's not. God wants us to be honest and, and responsible in our labor um, so that we will have the things that we need. Now, the flip side of that is the wicked person. A wicked person is not one that's going to be following these biblical principles. They're going to be uh, typically lazy, but, but they're going to be conniving. He says, a naughty person, a wicked man walketh with a froward mouth. Uh, he, he winketh with his eyes. He speaketh with his feet. He teacheth with his fingers. What he's saying is... Uh, is his his body language is going to is going to to um, to convey some things and and he's living a life of dishonesty and and trickery and he's going to try to he's going to try to uh, to draw you in um, because he's because he's he's speaking with a perverse mouth he's not speaking honestly 
but he's perverting the truth. He's twisting, he's twisting the, the truth and, and, he's, and he's confusing people and, and, and convincing people that, he's, that he is, uh, is right and that they're going to be, uh, be rewarded for, uh, for going into business with him or whatever it may be. Um, but, uh, but the Bible says he's conniving. He's seeing what he can do to take advantage of other people. Scripture says, frowardness or corruption, perverseness is in his heart. He deviseth mischief continually. I don't, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that kind of person, and I certainly don't want to do business with that kind of person. Um, he's divisive. He, he soweth discord, the Bible says. But here's, here's, here's the consequence of that. The Bible says his calamity shall come suddenly. Suddenly shall he be broken without remedy. It's sad when God says there's no, there's no remedy. There's no preventing the, the calamity that's going to come upon him. And the truth is, the truth is that when we live our lives apart from the principles of God's word, living in violation to, uh, to his word, then we are opening ourselves up to all of this and we, we will become that wicked person, that conniving person, that naughty, uh, wicked man, uh, that, that is divisive and, and corrupt. And there'll be no stopping the calamity, the consequences from coming into our life. In one of our earlier studies in Proverbs, we saw, uh, we saw how God said that we need to guard ourselves. We need to guard our, our eyes from seeing things that we shouldn't see. We should guard our mouths from speaking things that we shouldn't say. Guard our ears from listening to things that, that would be um, that would be dishonest and and that would uh, would uh, in, uh, introduce um, error into our minds and and to convince us of things that are not not true and not godly um, guard our heart from from uh, setting our affection on things that are that are contrary to God and his word guard our feet from going in a way in a direction that is that is a, a, apart from god that is going away leading us away from god see we we need to we need to we need to be careful to follow the example of jesus christ and to stay away from following after the world the Bible says all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of the world. These people that, that are idolized by our society, Hollywood puts, uh, puts people out there and, and, uh, and lifts them up, and, and uh, uh, our political uh, arena lifts people up and magnifies individuals, and, and they'll blast and, and uh, put down other people. Um, those aren't those aren't the people that we should be uh, holding up as our examples. If if you look at their lives, more often than not, you'll find the corruption. You'll find dishonesty. You'll find uh, the um, the uh, the wickedness that that's in their in their lives. 
But what God wants us to do is, is not follow after a person, a, 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 a sinful, wicked, fallen human being. What he wants us to do is he wants us to follow the example of Jesus Christ, follow the teachings of his word. He wants us to guard our heart. He wants us to, to protect our lives from, uh, from being involved in things that are going to draw us away. And you may say, you may say, well, you know, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I've trusted him as my savior and I'm striving to live for Jesus. I would never be like that wicked person. But here's the truth. It, we can become wicked through the process of a gradual drift. Just one little lie is all it takes to start that drift away from godliness and righteousness. Just one little uh, little uh, bit of laziness in our life, just one uh, decision that we make uh, to, to be dishonest in our dealings uh, is all it takes to start us on that, that drift away from godliness. And the truth is that before we make that decision to speak that lie or to or to be dishonest, our heart was already corrupted. We were already drifting away from God in our heart. That's why he says, keep thy heart. Guard your heart with all diligence. We drift toward worldliness. We drift toward wickedness. We drift toward selfishness. And it produces a dishonest and a prideful, self-centered spirit that is just disgusting and gross to a holy God. I, I don't want to be that guy. But more often than not, we are, aren't we? Sometimes I, I've been guilty of... of not following through with a responsibility, whatever, whatever it may be. And, and well, the other day, I, after I'd taken my shower, I, I left the bathroom and, and usually, usually I, I always pick up my towel and, and put my, my dirty clothes in the laundry. And, and I usually always put, put my little, um, shaving kit and all that away and everything. Um, but this day I'd, um, for one reason or another, I'd stepped out of the bathroom before I did all of that and, and was in the bedroom for a little bit and uh, talking to Mackenzie. And, and as we came out, Mackenzie, Mackenzie saw it and said, Hey, Philip, will you, will you pick up your towel? And you know what happened in my heart and in my mind, I, I let my pride rise up. My mouth said, said, oh yeah, I was going to do that. But in my heart, my mind, in my spirit, I began to think, she knows I always pick that up. She knows that I'm responsible to, to, to take care of my stuff. She doesn't need to be telling me that kind of stuff. And, and you know what happened? My spirit began to drift. I needed to, and, and, th and thank the Lord, the Holy Spirit convicted me and, and helped me to, to quickly repent of that and to, and to get my spirit right. 
because if it because if I didn't, then the next encounter, I would have been carrying a chip on my shoulder and been ready like, hey, what else are you going to tell me to do that I've already that I was already planning on? To, you know that kind of attitude. It's it's a sour attitude. It's prideful. It's self centered. It's sin. That's not what God wants for us. It's gross to God. God says here in Proverbs, He says, "Look, there's some things that I hate." And God, God is, is giving us this list because he wants us to see that he wants us to see where those, where we're guilty of these things so that we will repent of them and correct them and then avoid them in our life. He says, these six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, you know, that's, that's arrogance and that, and that, uh, that, um, uh, attitude of pride. The Bible says God resisteth the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Pride is one of the things that God hates. And really it's one of the it's one of the the, the basic foundations of sin. It's our pride. Most sin you can trace it down to pride in our lives. He said, a proud look, God hates it. A lying tongue, God hates it. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. Just, uh, just uh, trying to see what all you can get away with. That's sinful. We should, never, we should never see how close to sin we can get and how much we can do and how much we can get away with. We should rather draw nigh to God and live a life of holiness and righteousness, realizing that we're setting an, setting an example for those coming after us. Solomon is teaching his son, and, and he knew that his son would teach his son, and on and on. Solomon certainly taught his son, and sadly, it was not all by his words. Some of it was by his example, and his example was not a very good one. The Bible tells us that Solomon multiplied wives unto himself, and, and many of those wives, most of those wives were, were for political purposes, but they brought along their idolatry and, and their influence and they led him away from God. And Rehoboam saw that. He watched his dad. He watched his dad living a very self-centered life. And he followed in those footsteps and he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't follow after the wisdom and counsel of the older men. But he followed, he followed the counsel of his buddies and what sounded like it would be fun and, and make him uh, seem tough and macho and, and it brought division to the nation. A, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations. 
Feet that be swift in running to mischief. A false witness that speaketh lies. And then the Bible says, and he that soweth discord among brethren. That's the seventh. That's, that's the thing that God said is an abomination. And you'll notice how all of these, they're, they're kind of interrelated. And often one will lead to the next and lead to the next and lead to the next. And it brings division. God doesn't want to divide. God wants to bring us together. God wants unity in the body of Christ. God wants unity in a marriage. God wants unity in a family. God wants unity in a church. God wants unity in a community. But sin will always lead to division. All of this wisdom and and so much more is available in the Word of God as He teaches us the way that we should live. Some, some of it is, is, I guess you could say, low-hanging fruit. We can more easily see the, see the wisdom. We can, see the, we can understand what it's teaching us. But, but there are some things that the Bible said it's, it's like hid treasures. We need to dig in and mine out those gems and jewels. So we need to study We need to compare Scripture with Scripture. We need to be careful about just making an assumption about, well, this is what the Bible means. We need to compare Scripture with Scripture to see that a thing is so and to make sure that we're we're seeing what is consistent throughout Scripture. Otherwise, that'll lead you to, to many, many false beliefs. But, what, uh, but as, we, as we see these principles, as we see these truths taught in God's Word, it helps us to grow in our confidence in the Bible. Solomon said, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. We, we, should, we should learn these truths and, and keep them close as reminders, things that will help us, to, help us to be in the practice of living according to these principles until they become our nature, like the ant being responsible. We want these things to become our nature where we just naturally and regularly, uh, consistently live according to the principles of God's Word. He says, he says, hey, it'll guide you. When thou goest, it, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. That reminds me of Psalm chapter 4, verse 8, where the psalmist said, I will both lay me down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. See, the word of God gives us peace to let us know that God's in control. And that he is, he is going to, he is not going to allow anything in our life that he is not going to use for his glory, for our good, and for the furtherance of the gospel. When we see that he's in control, there's peace. One of the things I like to do sometimes is just to remind myself of how it all ends. Go to the back of the book here. Go to the book of Revelation. And uh, the, the last chapter in Revelation, you know what you find? You find Jesus on the throne and the saints of God gathered around the throne, worshiping Jesus and enjoying eternity together. Hey, that's, that gives me confidence to know that, hey, whatever happens in this life, I'm not going to worry about it. I don't have to worry about it because when it all ends up, 
Jesus is on the throne and the saints of God are with him. Now, I want to live my life in peace. I want to live my life with joy. I want to live my life as a testimony to those around me so that others can see the truth of God's word and they, and they uh, can put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ and be with us at the end of the book. Um, the Bible will speak to us. The word of God will speak to us. He says, when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Hey, how often do you read the Bible? How often do you take time in the Word of God? I, one, of, one of the things that I, I began, uh, one practice that I began several years ago is to begin reading the Bible every day. Sometimes it's just a few verses Whatever, whatever uh, God is, is leading in my life, however he's speaking to me, sometimes it's just a few verses, sometimes it's several chapters. But, uh, but each and every day I'm reading the Bible because I need it to speak to me. I need God to speak to me. I need his word to, to feed me spiritually and to minister to my, to my heart and my life. I need his word to strengthen me and to give me that direction. It'll guide you. It'll comfort you. It'll speak to you. It is the source of wisdom. Solomon said uh, that he wrote Proverbs to teach wisdom. And certainly the Bible, the Bible will, will, give us, uh, will give us that, uh, that wisdom as, as we read it. It'll help us uh, in our decisions. He says, he says uh, uh, for the commandment is a lamp. You know, um, it, it's, the, it's a source of wisdom. It's the source of the light that shines the way to show us the direction we should go. The commandment, the, the, the things that he commands us to do is the source of the light. But then not only is it the source of the light, but it is also, it, it's the light as well. It, it not only is the source of wisdom, but it is wisdom that shows us and helps us make those decisions. Psalms 119, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. He says here in Proverbs 6, uh, 23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light. And, the repro and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. It's wisdom, it's the source of wisdom, and it's the way of wisdom. He shows us where to go. And when we go in that way, we're walking in wisdom. Um, and, and I'm so thankful that God gives us that to us in his word. He gives us that wisdom right here in the word. Um, why does he do it? Well, it's there for our protection. We could, we could take the time to read verse, uh, verses 24 through the end of the chapter here, uh, verse, uh, 24 through 35. And, and we're going to see, we're going to see how he talks about violating these principles of God's word and uh, will, will bring destruction. When you, um, when you don't walk in wisdom, you're going to make some foolish decisions. And we see here, uh, we see here a man who, a man who, uh, commits adultery with his neighbor's wife. And, and he, he crosses a line that he never should, he never should even, even approach. He listens to her, uh, to her words as she draws him in. He, he, sees, he sees her beauty and, and, uh, and he's attracted to that and he, and he lets down his defenses and he goes and he commits adultery with her. 
The Bible says a wound and dishonor shall he get and his reproach shall not be wiped away. I, I don't want to get away from, my clo- from, from a close fellowship with God. I don't want to, to drift so far that, that I am not listening to his, to his wisdom. I don't want to go uh, and, and put myself in a place where, where, I am, uh, where I am risking ruining my testimony and my, and, and my effectiveness for Jesus Christ and, and setting myself up to, to be uh, wounded and dishonored and, and hurting those whom I love. And I don't want to set myself up for, for such failure. So I need to walk in wisdom because the word of God will keep us from those foolish decisions. He says, uh, he, he says, um, the, the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. See, if we listen to the wisdom of the word of God, we won't, we won't give ear to the flattery and the, and the draw of those distractions. Some people may say, well, you know, we're, we're adults, we can do this if we want to. I, and and some, sometimes people say, well, you know, God gave us these, these drives, God gave us these desires, and you know, just like, just like when I'm hungry, I'm gonna eat to, to satisfy my, my hunger. But, but it's not the same. It's not the same. The, the Bible and the Bible gives us gives us the gives us the understanding that even though even though a, a man may not despise a thief if he steals to to satisfy his soul when he's hungry, Scripture tells us that whoso committeth adultery with a woman lacketh understanding. He that doeth it destroyeth his own soul. The soul is is our mind, will, and emotions. It's the decision-making part of us. And when when we begin to entertain lusts of the flesh... When we begin to uh, to listen to uh, the the allure of the world and and uh, look at things that we shouldn't look at and think on things that we shouldn't be thinking, it it will it will corrupt our minds and it will destroy our our uh, decision making side of us because it'll it'll lead us to justify horrible and horrendous sins that will lead to the destruction not only of our relationships, but sometimes of our body. The Word of God is there for our protection. But not only is it there for our protection, it's there for our salvation. God has given us His Word, and He shows us these truths throughout His Word because He wants you to understand that not only is his word truth, but he is truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
we can follow the the principles of of the, the word of God and avoid uh, adultery and we can avoid uh, fornication we can a- avoid dishonest business practices we can avoid uh, uh, falling prey to to uh, to wicked people and we can we can avoid making uh, making ourselves wicked and conniving but if we go through this life and we do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ then we've missed we've missed the point of it all if we if we do not see the truth of God's word and trust in the truth that is taught in God's word and and uh, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ then we've missed it all we've missed everything the bible tells us that the best things that we can do in life are as filthy rags our righteousnesses when we set disciplines in our life to not uh, to not look on things that would lead us to lust and to to not tell lies and when we set uh, set uh, boundaries in our life so that we're not stealing and that we're you know uh, living a what man would say is a good life where where we are we are good people god's word says that's still not enough because in the eyes of a just and holy god us deciding not to sin doesn't fix all the sin that we have already committed and it doesn't change the fact that we are a sinner. One of the, uh, one of the annoying things of, a, of being a dog owner is, is when the dog just barks and barks and barks and barks just constantly and, and for no reason. Now, I don't currently own a dog, but I have in the past and, and, I, and my dog would just bark and bark and bark and bark and bark. And, and, you know, it's going to bark because it's a dog. But I could teach that dog to, to not bark. I could teach it to be quiet, but it's not going to make it not be a dog. It's still a dog. And we can discipline ourselves so that we're not doing sinful things, but it doesn't change the fact that we're sinners. But God's Word is given to us not only for our protection and to teach us to live to live lives that are that are where we're doing right but it's there for our salvation see faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of god he wants us to grow in our faith in our belief that the word of god is true because we're going to because as we read the word of god we're going to see these principles and these truths and the blessings for obeying and the consequences for disobeying but we're going to continue reading and we're going to see that we're sinners and we're going to see there's a consequence for sin the for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god and the bible says the wages of sin is death but then we see that the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm so thankful that God that God has given us these things. In Romans 15, verse 4, he says, For whatsoever things were written aforetime, those things in the Old Testament, they were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. So we can see the truth that is there and we can believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and we can believe the truth about Jesus and about salvation and, and we can be a child of God. 
In John 20, he says, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of, of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. See, sometimes people need a foundation for their faith. They need a little evidence to see that a thing is so. And so God has given us his word, given us these truths to help us to see these things are true. And then we see what it says about Jesus. We see that he is the son of God, that he is God the son. And we put our faith in him and we have life through his name. See, 1 John 5.13 gives us, gives us a, a truth that, that I've, I've rejoiced over this truth so much through the, through the years. See, religion will tell you that you cannot know that you're going to heaven. You can just live a good life and hope for the best. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. John 20, 31 says, These are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through His name. So th this is written so you can believe on Jesus and be saved. And then 1 John 5, 13 says, These things are written so that you can know that you're saved. You know that you have eternal life. So if this was written for that purpose, how can I know that I'm saved? How can we know that we have eternal life? It's by believing what it says. Believing that we're sinners for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Believing that because of our sin, we're, we're deserving of separation from God and, and punishment for our sin in a place called hell. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. The Bible says that the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and, uh, and, uh, and whoremongers and, and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars have their place in the fire which burneth, uh, in, in, the, in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. That's what we deserve because of our sin. But God is gracious. And in his grace and mercy, he's provided a way through Jesus Christ for us to be saved. Jesus took your sin and mine upon himself. He took all your wickedness and all my wickedness. He took your dishonesty and my dishonesty. He, he took our, our conniving and our scheming and, and, uh, and, and our, our lust and our, and our envy and our strife and, and our pride. He took all of that upon himself and paid the price when he hung on the cross and died for your sins and mine. He took your place. He took my place there on the cross and gave his life as a ransom for many. And the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession is agreeing with God about our sin. I want to encourage you. If you've, if you've come today to watch this and, and to listen to the message and listen to the songs and all, and, 
and you have not yet put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you right now to do that. We see, we see the truth of who Jesus is. We see the truth of his word and how his word presents Jesus Christ as the Savior. And we see that he, he promised to, to, to forgive us and to save us. Je, Jesus told a very religious man, he said, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. If you'll put your faith in Jesus Christ, if you'll believe on him, he'll forgive you and he'll save you. It's just as simple as praying a very simple prayer like, Lord Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner. I know that I, I'm, I'm incapable of, of changing myself from being a sinner. I'm incapable of doing enough good to, to make myself righteous in your eyes. But Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven. I can be made a new creation in Christ. So, Lord, I ask you to forgive me and to save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that or a prayer like that, there's nothing magical about the words. If It's faith from your heart. If you, from your heart, believed that Jesus is the Lord, that he's the Savior, and that he would forgive you, and only he can forgive you and save you. If you put your faith in him today, According to the word of God, you are now a child of God. You are not that wicked person. You are not the broken, uh, the broken loser. You are not that, uh, that uh, adulterer. You're not, you're not what the world says you are, but you are who God says you are. You are forgiven. You are redeemed. You are loved and you are valuable to God. Hey, that's who God says you are. I praise him for it. And I want to rejoice with you in your new decision to trust Jesus as your Savior. Would you send me a message, whether it's a, a, a private direct message or an email or something like that, and let me know that you've trusted Jesus today? I want to rejoice with you. And I want to send you some resources that would that'll help you to grow in your Christian life, in your journey with Jesus. Maybe you're already saved you, and, and you've, uh, you've realized that, that you've drifted away from God. I want to invite you to c confess your sin today. Talk to God and confess your sin. Humble yourself before him. And he said he will forgive you. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Will you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God? Will you confess your sin? He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And can we together today commit ourselves to living lives of, of integrity and responsibility? Being wise in our financial dealings, honoring God first and foremost with, with His tithe and our offerings, and, and, and paying our bills, and, and, uh, and just, being, just being wise? Can we discipline ourselves to be hard workers and a good testimony for Jesus Christ by our integrity? Hey, let's, let's show the world that Christians are different Let's show them that there's a power uh, from on high that indwells each one of us, that enables us to do what is right in the midst of a world full of corruption. Hey, would you, would you yield to God for him to do that in your life today? 
Why don't you come? Uh, and I'm, I'm giving an invitation like, like we're in church together and invite, inviting you to an altar. But maybe just where you are, bow your head, maybe kneel beside the sofa uh, or your chair or wherever you're at and humble yourself before God and ask him to do a work in your life to help you to be pleasing unto him. I'm going to ask Levi to come, and he's going to sing a song for us today that, uh, that just goes right along with this, encouraging us to humble ourselves and to, to yield ourselves to God and then to live our lives for God's honor and glory. Hey, let's, let's honor him today, and let's let him have his way in us.